Welcome back to another episode of the USL Show. This is the most hyped I've been for an episode in a long time. Could you imagine how excited I've been if Orlando didn't spy on Sacramento? Man, look, it's been a wild week, and we have some people joining the show for the first time. We have some people returning to the show for the first time in a while. We have a backstage producer. Alan exists. He's back there. Just believe that he's there. Trust me. Um, but look, we already got a lot to dive into, a lot to break down. Phil, welcome back. You decide to take a hiatus for, I have a kid, my wife needs me, whatever. Phil, how you doing, man? <laughs> doing good. Uh, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. I did not expect the, the hiatus to last three months uh but it has um i can say we have a, a healthy three-month-old daughter and uh excited by that but definitely excited to be back with y'all and ready to chat some uh some usl i've been i've been pent up over the last three months so now now all my garbage takes come out at once <laughs> listen I've been taking the place for you, so no worries. <laughs> um, someone else who also has the whole I have kids thing, whatever. Gio, man, how you doing? I'm good. I'm, I hear my baby crying as we speak, so it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good excuse. It's a good excuse, but I'm happy to be back. We got some fun games. The end of the season's coming, and I'm stressed out, but I, I'm excited, and I'm happy to be here with you guys again before it gets crazy. No doubt. Uh, to the person above him, we have John. Man, how you doing? Yeah, doing well. No kids, but living life. <laughs> Do you have a leaky uh, roof and everything? So that's basically well. Safe. That seems to be fixed for now. Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, to person two is Ryan. We got Ryan, who is sporting a Bayern Munich shirt after a devastating loss for Lewandowski today. Yeah, I'm doing well. I'd rather wear a shirt of a team that actually won today, not one that gives up two goals after I turn the radio feed off. <laughs> Unfortunate. And to the person below him, the per newcomer to the show who is going to become a permanent fixture of the show, we got Tyler, man. Tyler, welcome. How you doing? Hey, thanks. I also get to do the whole, like, I got kids excuse thing. Nice. I'm part of, like, it's like the bottom row club here. He's got the whole thing. <laughs> I might even, like, have my wife uh, eventually, like, yell something about somebody throwing up somewhere. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, happens to the best of us. You know, we, we might as well go ahead and get into some of these, uh, some of these matches. Um, and before we go, because we normally do our shock, no shock, but we have to talk about the U.S. Open Cup. Um, that was kind of the news of the week. Um, there's some other news out in Orange County that's currently going down. So as soon as we get updates about that, if we get updates about that, we will let y'all know. But let's go ahead and break down this uh, Sacramento versus small club Orlando City. Um, John... You're kind of on the you know the heartbeat in the pulse of Sacramento. Uh, kind of break down that match just a little bit for us. Yeah, I mean, as even as you could have hoped from a Sacramento perspective for about 75 minutes, they came and played their defensive game. They looked good in the four or five four one. 
Orlando made some really impactful subs that kind of energized what they were doing in the press. At the end of the day, it just took a couple of mistakes from Sacramento to really change things. They conceded twice pretty quickly, and that was that. Going on the road midweek after that Louisville trip with the weird rain delay to do what they did across this whole run, it was nothing but impressive, and they should hold their heads high after what was a really kind of great experience and a great showcase for what a USL team can do in this competition. You know, we haven't seen you in a while, so I want to hear your takes. Um, Phil, you know, we have a team allegedly spying some people saying that didn't happen. Some people say it did. Some people say it's all manufactured. Allegedly, if this is all true, I mean, what do you think Orlando could have really gotten from Sacramento that they couldn't already see on film? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess arguments could be made about like whether or not it's super impactful like spying but i mean if they did it it is i mean you you mentioned maybe small club behavior it's it's really weird uh, i'll say that <laughs> like whether or not whether or not it gained any competitive advantage it's just strange and i also saw there's a lot of weird comments about like well if you were doing something in a public park then like that's like you lost your right to privacy or something like that. I don't know. The whole thing was just really strange and brought out like the weirder sides of, of whatever American soccer Twitter, but it's nothing less than what you'd expect from, you know, the continuing. Basically we saw, you know, the soccer wars um, played out in front of us in, in, uh, in stark relief. And uh, I don't know. It's something weird like that happened happening just is par for the course with American soccer and how strange this this setup is for us. I'm going to ignore the chat uh, from Harry. Shut up, Harry. Um, <laughs> but listen, there's a whole lot here, and I want to, you know, for Geo, obviously you're a big Atlanta United fan. If we want, because soccer wars are not about being USL only. Obviously, our main clubs can be in the USL. Um, that's our local club. But you know, you're an Atlanta United fan too. Um, I think a lot of Tampa Bay fans could tell us this too. But this is kind of typical behavior of Orlando City, isn't it? Oh, for sure, for sure. I I, I've disliked them since the beginning. Uh, yeah, I remember their first game against New York City and the opening game ever, and I just disliked them ever since. And now with Atlanta, that rivalry being what it is, um, I really enjoyed Joseph Martinez scoring and uh, being the top goal scorer that he was a few years ago when we won MLS Cup and he was the leading scorer in the league, seeing him do it against Orlando uh, and watching Dom Dwyer score for us. And I, I would love for him to score in Orlando when we play this weekend. And... Uh, celebrate also because i don't think i feel like nobody likes them uh i have i'm friends with a few of their fans but uh, they are just, even when orlando city 2 was in usl i still have screenshots in case they ever come back or greenville ever plays them of them telling me how they are going to be so much better this season just watch just watch and they were last place again and then disappeared uh and so i and i still use that against them now if they win a mls next game it just makes the league have no say in anything about being as good as League One because it, it, it was the same team that went from from USL League One to MLS Next. That league is just trash. So, uh, no, I enjoy the banter. I wish I was rooting for USL, 
Um, as much as I enjoy Atlanta, I would pick a USL club over any MLS team any any time. Um, Orlando's a small club. Yeah, simple. Right here first. Um, Ryan, I kind of want to ask you these last few minutes from, you know, from Orlando City and then also Sacramento. It feels like it all just kind of fell apart at the end. You know, Sacramento's kind of going for a win there. Uh, how much, if you're Sacramento, do you think you take away from this match? Is it like, can you take anything to you with you to the league, or is it just okay? We went for it in muggy Orlando. I mean, in the Open Cup final, that was the first time we actually had a, a scoreless first half since 2012, and that the fact that they took an MLS team in to the 75th minute before they conceded a goal is pretty impressive, and I would say they should be able to hold their heads high about this result. Yeah, it's disappointing not to end up lifting the cup, and if you just kind of concede those goals just based off of your own mistakes, it makes it even more challenging and it's more tough of a result to take. But I still think Sacramento should be encouraged with how they played. They just kind of ran into a team that once they got that first goal, the uh, dam broke and because everything else just kind of piled on from there. And I kind of want to get to you, Tyler, right? You're watching as somebody, and we'll talk about your full background in a moment, but if people can't tell from the scarves behind you, you have kind of become the pseudo voice of Lexington uh, Sporting Club, right? And for someone whose team is not even in the league, what does this kind of make you hopeful for, I guess, with a Lexington as they're coming in for a League One team to maybe make a run? Or has Omaha and Sacramento, does it make it feel more possible to you or is it just like you know hey it's still the open cup it's going to be weird it's going to be an uphill battle no matter what i mean with everything being so fresh um and us still in the process i mean we don't even have a, a team not even a single player or a coach announced which for a variety of reasons obviously that hasn't happened yet but um just being able to at this moment watch league one watch the open cup kind of as uh, somebody who's a little bit more impartial. I mean, obviously I have an MLS team I support um, and, and, you know, I like to see, um, you know, Lou City do good because they're close in proximity, but it's been nice to not really have a, a dog in the fight for a lot of these matches and just kind of think about what is to come for us. Um, but I, I am pretty hopeful that if we can kind of get the the things together that we need to get together um, right off the bat, hopefully we can have a strong start and hopefully see us in the Open Cup here really soon. Um, and it's really exciting watching these teams just work their way up and then have that possibility of really shining later on in the uh, the final rounds and having that possibility of taking out like an MLS team. So that's really exciting to think um, that once we start putting those pieces in place, that that is something that can happen for us. And, and you know, really we've seen several teams not have to wait very long to see success. And I'm hoping we can produce that here. So, you know, normally we go into our shocks and no shocks and we're going to do that still. Um, but you know, when we have our told you so segment, um, Tyler, you didn't have a chance to tell us anything because you weren't with us last week. So how about instead you tell us a bit about yourself? I kind of mentioned you've kind of become the voice of Lexington, but who exactly are you and like kind of what's the platforms that people can really find you if people are interested? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so whenever I heard we were getting a team, I was over the moon. Um, I love soccer. Uh, I'm also really big into uh, American football as well, but soccer has always been my first love. I played it for many, many years, um, followed it for many, many years. And so once I figured it out that this was happening, I actually was talking to one of my buddies and I was like, you know, I don't really know who is going to step up and and talk about this and, and kind of try their best at covering it. So, um, you know, just through chatting with him, he's like, do it, man. And um, so I just started kind of messing around. I ended up uh, creating a blog um, where I attempt to sound coherent and and kind of deliver my thoughts, opinions or anything that I learn um, in that format. So that's actually just through like a basic WordPress uh, account that I have. And uh, that's at uh, cranekickslex.wordpress.com. And um, I haven't had anything new as of recent because things have kind of stalled here recently as they kind of get towards the end of the seasons for the championship and league one and more of those pl uh, pieces start falling into place. But um, I, I feel like it's been kind of a cool journey though. Um, I just started doing this back in January and already have made some awesome connections. I mean, obviously with you guys and uh, lots of other people have helped me out along the way, like Becky Morgan, uh, Brandon Mays, um, Kyle Carr. There's been a lot of people outside of even just this show. And it's been really cool to be a part of this community. And it really gets me super excited for what's going to happen once Lexington's team takes off. Uh, I even kind of wrote something not long ago just about how amazing I feel USL's fans are and how welcoming it's all been. And even with the banter, I, I feel like a lot of times, I mean, things can get testy here and there, but I feel like a lot of times it's all in kind of that good camaraderie uh, realm where everybody's just giving each other a hard time. But at the end of the day, everybody's here for soccer to see the game flourish, to be a part of USL one. Um, so it's been really, really cool to kind of see this take off and I hope I can continue to be a part of, uh, our team's journey and kind of get more invested in USL in general. You know, I just need to jump in real quick. Cause you talked about the banter. I want to go ahead and jump in, uh, for geo and something that he got dragged for, but I agreed with Culver's is mid. I agree. Um, but oh man, I, I still I still have people talking to me about that. Geo, did you try the spicy chicken sandwich? Though <laughs> I'm telling at, you, after, after that draw in the 95th minute, when we were only supposed to have 94 or whatever, I I just I can't even get the culvert. <laughs> man. So this is a pro custard con or uh, podcast, people. Come on. I mean, if you want some actual custard, go to Andy's. If you have one nearby, have a, we have a um, what's it called? I don't even remember. Custard uh, hurts my stomach, anyways. That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, kind of getting to shocks and no shocks, let's throw it over to Phil. Um, obviously we haven't actually heard your thoughts in a while, but we still get your picks in every single week that gets updated. What's mm. a little told you so in shocker for me from this last week? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably, I, I typically live out West, right? Like that's where the Western conference is like where I, it, where I do my business, but the, the shock of the week and kicking it off, there would be no better or no other way to start this than, Charleston beating Tampa. 
That's yeah. Like, there's no other result. There were a lot of shocks this week. There's no result that made less sense than Charleston beating the Rowdies. Like, Rowdies are fresh off of a whatever six-one drubbing of Vegas. This like crazy, yo, know, just flying high. They're on like crazy form. They go to Charleston and stumble against all te- of all teams. Charleston had they they are down so bad this season that they needed to like meme beating New York Red Bulls too. Like they, they tweeted, "Red Bull gives you wins." They're the only team that has given them Char- that Charleston wins this year. Like, no, I don't. I don't know this. The two one in uh, in Charleston is is definitely the shock. I know they've gotten a couple of like decent results against good teams. Like they had that draw in Colorado Springs and all that, but this Charleston team has been brutal this year and to get a win over Tampa, that was the shock for sure. And then I don't have a specific, I told you so since I wasn't on uh, for the last three months, but I will say that my standings in the pick I went from relegation fodder to, to comfortably mid table pretty quickly so i gotta i gotta you know that's my told you so is i climb just maybe maybe the space from the show and my bad takes or trying to defend my bad takes on air gave me the ability to to pick freely and pick uh with a with a clear mind so um yeah i've uh i've climbed the climbed the standings a little bit feeling good about that but no that charleston game is the shock of the week bar none yeah um and maybe John can speak about this because we talked about this before. You know, preseason, obviously John has his, uh, was it the GAR, the goals above replacement? Yeah, And Charleston yeah. graded really badly preseason. And I think everybody, including John, was like, well, the numbers have to be wrong because Charleston surely is better than that. And then, lo and behold, they're bad. Preseason, if you said, hey, you know, Tampa's going to drop one to Charleston, you know, in the – in September, we'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. That's going to happen. Now this season, like you said, what a horrible result. I mean, what do you guys have to say about that? Charleston somehow went unbeaten against Tampa Bay this year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> they drew with them 1-1 down in Outlang at, uh, earlier this season. I do just have to uh, shout out Andrew Booth real quick. Uh, he looked fantastic in that game for Charleston. They've sort of used him as a really defensive-minded forward, and it's done a ton for a defense that was really, really leaky. Uh, he got the brace in this game, certainly, but I think what he does going both ways has really been huge for them. Um, yeah. I don't know. This one, this one was definitely a big, big shock for me too. Uh, let's go ahead, move over, and John, what were some shockers and told you so's? Yeah, well, the internet's most passionate fan base will be happy that I'm picking the Detroit win over Colorado Springs as my shock of the week. The Switchbacks had had, I think, three straight clean sheets coming into this one, and Detroit really did a good job of attacking, getting the better chances. Uh, they changed their shape up a little bit just to try to control what the switchbacks do in transition, and it paid off for them really splendidly. Is this a Detroit team that can do it to make a playoff run? I'm not sold, but I think this is the sort of game, the sort of defensive performance on the road that could sell you on the idea that this is a team that could pull it together in a series of one-off playoff games. 
Yeah, this one was definitely one for me that it didn't, I mean, it shocked me, but it didn't shock me. I think them getting the win shocked, but if you told me that they, the Troy was going to go out and get results, a result out in uh, Colorado, it wouldn't shock me at all, considering how defensively sound Detroit are. I mean, they didn't have their starting keeper in, and I think a lot of people would say, you know, maybe that leads to some different results. But that back line is still very, very good. And so I don't think it's shocking that they got points, but the fact that they came out with the win, yeah, no doubt. I think a lot of people saw that come up on Fought Mob, and they're like, there is no way that's actually, that's reality. I know for a lot of this season, we've been looking for that kind of like marquee, like what was that like one win for Detroit that they could point to and say, okay, we got a solid result and we got a good team. And I think finally we got to a point where it's like, okay, this is a very impressive win. Yeah, absolutely. I've, uh, I will say, and this is me being super, super late to the party because I'm not here, but I don't know that I've ever been as upset about a player's season ending injury from another team that like, I don't technically support than Devin Amu Mensa. Um, like yeah. that was, <laughs> that was a loss for the league in my opinion when he went down. So anyways, Detroit going to Colorado Springs and still getting a result despite like probably their best player and like a absolute, like a, a kid I think is like absolutely destined to play in MLS and perhaps higher levels of the game. Um, anyways yeah just emphasizes how impressive it's been and i think like we all kind of said about detroit is like can they keep getting results despite the fact that they have a pretty thin squad and they've added a couple of like peripheral pieces that have just gotten them like through these matches and it's been it, yeah the i think it's a credit to trevor james because he it's kind of been plug and play and like there's just a super high level of consistency with this Detroit city team, kind of regardless of who's in there. No doubt. John, did you have a told you so? Um, I honestly was not great with the picks this week. I do think just generally like kind of being on the train of RGV for a couple weeks is paying off at this point. I will say, I know I did the tactic show on them today. They just really impressed me. I mean, New Mexico is maybe a paper tiger, but to go there to win three to one is a good result. Um, they're a team that is so stout defensively. Emilio Icaza, if you're not watching him, subtly is putting up like all league level performances in the midfield for a team that hasn't been any good offensively. They're finally getting it together and he's really the key for it alongside uh, some other players they brought in at midseason. They kind of shot themselves in the foot with a slow start where they're very fringe in the playoff race, but the way they're playing, you can't count them out. Something that's really cool about RGV and the way they play, there's sometimes that you see this 4-2-4 kind of come out, and it's not really a 4-2-4. It's kind of like a weird 4-2-3-1 or like, you know, something of the sort. This is a true 4-2-4. That is about as picture perfect as you can draw those lines is the way that they play and it's really fun to watch if you're looking for a different kind of viewing experience and not just rgv deciding to try to you know get 17 red cards a game kind of viewing experience um you know they are a fun one to watch 
for sure. Significant week too, going into El Paso and getting a win, like in what was a playoff, like six pointer. Um, and then doing that midweek and then going up to Albuquerque and getting a win as well. Like obviously, you know, say, make your jokes in the chat about El Paso. It's totally fine. But the reality is like going into Southwest university park and then the lab and getting, and getting six points out of that is significant. I mean, Ryan probably can pull up the stats real quick and he probably already has them up, but maybe this year going to the lab is not what it has been in the past. Yeah, we've discussed this a little bit earlier uh, in the season. They only have four wins at home this year. I know uh, 2020 was that weird that they just didn't play at home for New Mexico, but it was like previously it was a team that used to play incredibly well at home. But if you're looking back through some of their uh, just results in the year, it was August 20th against Monterey Bay as their like last win at home. But prior to that, you have to go pretty much all the way back to that 7-0 drubbing of Phoenix to find that last home win. Incredible stuff. And I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to take away with RGV because the way they played is awesome. I mean, obviously check out the tactics show, but man, I mean, just New Mexico at home is not what we thought they would be especially as many fans as they get out there. You know, it's not like some home field advantages. Like technically, New York Red Bulls, too, play at home in front of around 30 12-year-olds, which honestly was strangely electric. There. Are you happy, Andy? (laughs) I said it. But, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, it was bizarrely fun to watch all those children scream and have a great time. But... I mean, it's just not the same as having 11K, you know, almost week in, week out like New Mexico gets, and it, they're just not doing anything with it. And not just that, you have a New Mexico team who's lost four of their last five and has kind of played themselves out of the race for a home playoff game They as the Sacramento has a game at hand above them, but they've dropped four points out of the top four. Yeah. Locomotive and uh, New Mexico in the Derby to find out who can meme harder uh, at the end of the season. Playoffs are lava. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kick it down to Geo. Some shocks and no shocks. Uh, I'll just lightly breeze over the disaster that was in Charlotte over the weekend. Uh Um, I really thought we were going to go and win. I really did. Went so all the way over there. Over. I, we did take over. <laughs> <It was laughs> and they unblocked me. But that's just, anyways. Uh, got a loss there. We just didn't play well. Um, just weren't up for it. But I think the biggest shock, biggest shock was Omaha losing at 2 o'clock in the morning yeah. against Tucson <laughs> at home. I don't care what time it was for them. Losing to the worst team in the league. It might even... I don't think they're worse than Orlando. Orlando's worse. But they, losing to the worst team in the league is was just a shock for me. They've been playing so well. Uh, game before that, they lost to, to Richmond. and, and Or, yeah, they lost to Richmond a few weeks ago. But now they got to play Richmond and Greenville all in a span of less than a week. Um, that's going to be a crazy game tomorrow. So that loss the other day really hurt them. Um Forward Madison also, their loss to Chattanooga Saddles was really surprising to me. I thought they would be playing, especially after tying us as the way they did. 
Um, I really thought they were going to come in strong. All their fans were like, this is, you know, they're going to make a good run and and whatnot. But I think they're just giving false hope over and over with these ties and losses. Uh, so it was shocking to me, losing in the manner that they did. Um, and Chattanooga did it to us. And so I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Chatt- Chattanooga makes a run, unfortunately. Um, but I'd love to beat them at home again. If that ever does, if that does happen, if Greenville can actually start winning too. Yeah, as someone, as we have another League One voice in here, um, I don't think many people stayed up and watched this one. I went back and watched the replay, but I mean, first off, goal in nine seconds. Really, it was eight. That ball was over the line in like seven or eight. They're calling it nine, which I think is that technically by the whistle or is that by because this probably does it because it's in the eighth minute, so they just always round round up. Or maybe, may I don't know. I don't know. But Tyler, as someone who follows League One pretty hard, it try to break down for the people like why why Union Omaha dropping three nil to Tucson is just so significant. <laughs> I mean, it's like Gio said, like with Tucson being the worst team in the league, and then you have somebody like Omaha who's been pretty consistent, especially with avoiding losses. That's been kind of like their MO this season is just not losing, and that's gotten them pretty far. Um, And it seems like at some points they were starting to heat up. But then when you're getting so close to the playoffs, uh, I mean, it's not really endangering their, their playoff chances, but it's just something that's a little bit of a shocker when you see a team that's consistently been top three the past few weeks and you expect to stay there, lose to Tucson and not just lose, but like lose to them. Um, and so th- it was crazy. Like I didn't stay up for the whole game. I saw like the very beginning before they did the first lightning delay. Um, and then, so I woke up and, and checked the first thing in the morning and I was like, what? I thought I was like reading it backwards or something. And I was like, there's no way, there's no way that that's what happened. And I so it was a forfeit. Yeah. I mean, right. I mean, I was like, maybe that was Tucson's strategy though. Bring them over, get them a little jet lagged and then just keep delaying and then be like, we'll get them. We'll just get them at three o'clock in the morning. They'll least expect it. Um, And I even kind of joked on Twitter about how like a a couple weeks ago, I made the comment about Tucson just making some insane playoff run out of nowhere that was impossible. And ever since then they've won. (laughs) So I don't know if they're just taking it to heart or or what, what's happening with them. But um, that was kind of bonkers in, in my mind to think that Union Omaha dropped uh, like that against Tucson. Um, and, and then like Gio mentioned, the whole Ford Madison situation, they just could not win on those set pieces. Um, every time I saw chat line up for a set piece, I was like, no, here it goes again. And and luckily for them, you know, Madison had one go their way, but it was pretty brutal watching that just series of every time you saw Chattanooga, with a free kick, free opportunity, you just kind of waited. You kind of gritted your teeth a little bit, waiting for that goal to go in. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this one, this one was going to be my shock of the week too. I think this one would have been a shock of the week if Tucson had drawn against Union Omaha. Like, are you kidding me? Tucson got points yeah. off of Omaha and then dominated. Um to the point of uh, Tucson purposely using lightning to delay the game, their shirt is called the Monsoon Kit. So I don't know what that has to do with that, but I'm sure there's something there. <laughs> They're paying someone off. I don't know how that works. 
Um, I don't know. I mean, what was interesting to me about this game was just that in years past, we aren't really used to seeing an Omaha team get shut out and lose by multiple goals. You have to go back to that 2020 season to find the last time they had like a multiple goal, multiple goal shutout loss all throughout last year. They had uh, the matches were just like one nil defeats, but then now this season they have now two, three nil losses on their record. And it's at least something to be a little concerned about just kind of looking into this team. I will say at least with on Tucson's side, it's the first time they've had back-to-back wins since uh, kind of the latter half of that 2021 season. When they, when they for somehow got seven consecutive um, unbeaten. And the hard thing too, I feel like going off that is like Omaha has a tight schedule, like coming off of that, like how do you mentally recover from losing that badly to Tucson and then you have these next two games back to back, and they're going to be big games. I mean, they're like I said, I don't really feel Omaha is in any danger whatsoever of dropping out of the playoffs, obviously. But at the same time, just like what does that do mentally to your team going into two important matches and then eventually heading into the playoffs if those don't go your way? So I, I'm kind of interested to see how these these next couple play out. And it could play them out of a first-round bye if these games really don't go their ways, especially since yeah. they're running into a kickers team who are going to be in pretty decent form and mm-hmm. at a 17-goal differential is basically the best team in USL1 right now. Yeah, and tied for most goals in the league with Chattanooga with like 45, I think it is. It's going to be tough. And I don't think Omaha has that home-field advantage that anybody thinks they should. I, I don't think that field suits anybody. So... So. Having saying it's a home game against Richmond and Greenville is not necessarily what it can mean in general. It, I mean, anything could happen. We beat them at home a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Richmond can beat anybody home in a way. So true. So my like I said, that was going to be my shock, but I do want to say my told you so, and it was the easiest lock of the week, and that had to have been Oakland beating Phoenix. I mean, to me, that was the easiest slam dunk lock. A pissed off Oakland team playing against their coach that actively wanted to leave them and then just took his own tactic and threw it back in his face and said, you left us for a worse version. Congrats, pal. And look, I'm there's a lot of ways to break this one down to me as I was watching it was – they're Oakland still playing Juan Guerra's style. They're still playing his system and they just did it better than he did. And I'm sure that that plane ride and that on the way back was awesome. I just, I just don't get what he's trying to do in Phoenix. Like I just, I don't understand why he's not emphasizing. Like he's coming to Phoenix and with this, like, you know, seemingly a group of players that has done a ton in USL over the last, you know, two, three seasons. He's just like, go out and play four, four, two and don't bother like paying attention to what anyone else on the field is doing. Just go out and like, do your thing. It's literally like the weirdest version of like (laughs) FIFA or football manager or whatever, just like plug in sort by overall ranking plug this player into like into a random position and that just like go do it i don't know it's just been so strange like watching them play el paso a couple of weeks ago it it just doesn't feel like this whole season has not felt like phoenix like is themselves but 
the coaching switch to Garrett, I thought at least he would kind of stick to his guns and he's not even doing that. Like he's not even really trying to play his style, like at least not the shape, uh, you know, that he played in Oakland. And, and so it's just, I don't know. It, the whole thing's just so strange. Cause it's, it's like, they're not playing by Phoenix's principles, but they're also not playing by their new manager's principles. So it's like, what are like, what are they trying to do? I don't, I, I just don't get what the plan is out there right now. And seemingly neither do they. With the Gara thing, it's interesting because you get the sense in talking to people in Phoenix that he basically ran recruitment for the season that he was there. So these are players for the most part that Juan Gara handpicked to have on the Phoenix roster. So he comes in with that El Paso game. He's playing this awful, disorganized 4-4-2. And then with the Oakland game, he's back to this bizarre, I'm playing Oakland, so let me copy the exact same style that Oakland is doing. But then no one on the Rising knows how to do that properly. I think that he would have been better off just deciding, these are the players I want back. This is the system going forward that I'm going to do results are what they are let's just try to get an identity and instead he tried to put a bandage on it and get into the playoffs and that has failed spectacularly for him it it's been it's just strange i mean and that's just kind of the best way to describe it i think that's kind of been the whole vibe and there's a lot bigger of a conversation happening around phoenix right now um, if you're around the USL Twitter sphere, which not everybody who listens to us is, but if you're not around social media and you listen to us, the Phoenix fans until, you know, Detroit city showed up and after uh, FC Cincinnati left, it was like Phoenix ran USL Twitter. They were kind of the people on the spot and they're big, they're big names. They're big, you know, I guess, quote unquote, influencers of their sphere are quitting this team. They are done. There's a lot of people who are not renewing season tickets. There's a lot of people that are saying, I'm not going to show out for this team anymore because they don't have an identity. And it's kind of to that same point that you guys are saying, kind of like you said, John, like, you know, run the system, just do it. Run the system that you want, find the players that fit it, and keep them around for next year and then recruit more from there. But he's not even willing to, he's not even doing that. And so, what do the fans have to latch on to? Because they don't have the same, you know, star studded lineup that they once did. Those players that we once circled and said, that's a guy, that's a dude, this is an all USL, this is an all USL player. Well, one of those guys just got a hat trick of assist against the Birmingham Legion squad, and they just let him walk without any explanation. And I feel like that's been the big issue for Phoenix this year is that everything they've done has been without explanation. And if you're a front office person listening to this, because there is, we know that. We know there are people front office listening. You don't need to give an explanation over everything. But if you're going to have as weird of decisions as Phoenix has, or even half of it, your fans deserve explanations. I uh, I don't know. I don't know if like one bad season should be enough to like send somebody running from the team because like Phoenix has had like such wild success in there in the last few years. But um, 
yeah, I mean, this this season has just like it seemingly spiraled out of control. And I think like I think the whole like the whole Gera like thing and the way that it's played out. Um like the pressure obviously built on Chance to a to a degree that was like untenable, but the the whole the whole way it played out after that has just been has just been weird. And I I think everybody kind of expected like the new manager bounce, you know, whatever like whatever that looks like, and it just isn't happening and doesn't look like it will happen before the end of the season for Phoenix. No doubt. And so kind of my shocker um i i think a lot of people would expect me to say uh indy and legion but i'm not shocked at all by that result i'm kind of shocked by how it happened but not the actual result in of itself uh mark lowry is going to mark lowry he mark has lowry yes <laughs> that <laughs> you know not exactly shocked there um big shock going back to league one world uh tormenta got a win at home um, they don't do that, and if they keep winning, they're going to screw themselves over and get a home playoff game, um, which is not ideal for them. It'll be in a new stadium, though. It will be oh. in their brand new stadium. I think oh, this weekend. This weekend is, I think, is their last game. October first is their first game in their new stadium. So, yeah, I kind of want a away playoff game against them. Not going to lie, just because I'll take over that stadium too. <laughs> Are they still selling the hot air balloon ticket? I don't know, but I, I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, I mean, it. Northern Colorado kind of showed up hot in the spot just like uh, Fuego did, and both have cooled off. But Tormenta getting a win at home just feels like that should not be – I mean, this is something that we've all talked about. When in doubt, pick the home team in League One. It usually works out because it's a chaos league, except for Tormenta. They just don't win at home, and then they decide to win at home, which is, I don't know. It's a bizarre team that seeing them do as well as they do away from home, because it's not like they scrap results away. They win away and then just suck at home, and then they brought it to Northern Colorado. Granted, Northern Colorado doesn't really have a home, so I guess we could kind of call it neutral. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it is. Sterling has been very impressive. I was talking to Brandon Mays about him, and uh, that what a signing that was to get somebody who, you know, we made I made I made jokes about the picture of him uh, subbing in with Harry Kane in the back and all this stuff, or Ali or something, and Spurs, and I just I didn't know what to expect from him. Yeah, but, but he has been the real deal. Um, and I'm glad he came and revitalized his career. And I, he might go to the championship. He might go to MLS someday. I, he's still fairly young. Um, but it's really cool to see them finally have a good striker because I, as much as I love the banter, uh, I do respect Tormenta a lot. You know, I, I have good memories over there going to away games and some bad ones. But, <laughs> but um, you know, me and Bolt have our differences. But we, I can set that aside, and, and, and I really like their club, and I like what they're doing. So it's good to see them have some success and make their first playoff game. Uh, it's nice to do your first big thing, you know. It's been, it took them a few years, but, yeah, I'll maybe. There's not a comment about a League One team that Geo makes that isn't just laced with shade. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 
maybe some recency bias for me, but is there a real conversation about Sterling being league MVP this year in League One? I I think it's Bologna's by far for Richmond. I, I, yeah. I think it has to be. Mm-hmm. But as far as making all team, <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> um, I think he's definitely I, he might win newcomer of the year, maybe. Yeah, or something like that. Um, but I don't I don't know if he'll stay here long. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how much how they sign on these USL contracts are difficult. I think it'll be hard to keep them. I think a championship side would love to have a striker who's who's hot right now and has a, you know, has a name. It's not Raheem, but you know, it's it's somebody. I mean, talk about. Oh, sorry, sorry go, go ahead, ahead, Tyler. Oh, uh, see, all I was going to say that so many people were we got so used to a three-person show. What do we do with a full staff? This is wild. Um, <laughs> you know, what all I was going to say was if Tormenta signed him to a multi-year contract, maybe a two-year contract. This mm-hmm. is a Tormenta team who's not afraid to sell because they sold almost a million dollars worth of players this last offseason. They do not get too attached to anybody. And that's kind of part of their system of the academy. You get them – you get them in there, you grow them, and you sell them. It becomes a very self-sustaining program, and maybe that's the goal for Sterling as you sell them on because, boy, can they get a profit for him. Yeah, and I was going to say, they. I don't know if his spot was technically the one they bought, but we, it was the first ever time that a team purchased an international roster spot. It's from us, and then I don't remember if Sterling was signed before or after that, but – uh, they can thank me later if they want to, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, they do good business though. And for yeah. for them to not have these big attendance numbers or have the the eyes on them like <laughs> Ford Madison does, they do good business and people want to play there. Have you guys been to Statesboro, Georgia, guys? Come on. <laughs> It took me. It took me forever to find a Walmart the last time I went. <laughs> <laughs> it there's like two hotels in downtown and it's just but listen i'm I, I don't know who wants to go there but if if tormenta you know if, if people want to play for tormenta all respect to them listen the main reason georgia southern <laughs> just got scott frost fired for a little respect on state <laughs> georgia yes you're right you're right it's it's the college that does it <laughs> Ryan, what were you going to say, man? Oh, you just took it. <laughs> you took it. I did? Yeah. My bad. Um, I don't think right. Omaha fans are you, though. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and get into these predictions because we are, sooner or later, we're going to start getting into some stuff about Statesboro that I don't know if we want to talk about. <laughs> we can talk about global warming. We can <laughs> <laughs> Jeez Louise. Let's go ahead and get into these predictions. First up, we I'm going to start off with Ryan because that's where we've been starting off these last uh, couple of weeks. Legion versus Pittsburgh. This is a really interesting one. You have a Pittsburgh team that's been unbeaten in their last five and a Legion team coming off a really tough kind of 4-3 to three loss against Indy 11. Both teams just clenched their kind of playoff spot, but like the race is going to be after, are you going to get this fourth spot to have this kind of like last home playoff game? And I know it will probably be a kind of split cast here on what we'll choose, but I think a draw is probably going to be the kind of the most fair result. It'll keep the status quo and, 
uh, still kind of apply a little bit of pressure on the Memphises and Tampa Bays of the Eastern Conference to continue moving forward. Next up, we are going to go to Tyler. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with Orion. I chose a draw for this one as well. Um, It's just one of those things where I'm kind of getting the vibe that that's what's going to end up playing out. Um, I I just, I don't know. I couldn't really pin down which one would come out on top on this one. And it just kept coming back into my mind that it's going to end up in a tie. We're going to go to John. Draw here as well. Pittsburgh after weeks and weeks and weeks in their back three, uh, played a back four for the first time in ages and looked really solid defensively uh, to get a draw against Tampa Bay last weekend. I think that Birmingham is still sort of figuring things out. I'll be interesting, interested to see where CDU plays in this one, but I think it's going to just end up pretty level. Gio? Uh, I believe in Legion more than Kayla does, so I pick Legion to win this game. Uh uh, convincingly. God, I hope so. God, I hope so. Phil? I, uh, I picked Legion too. I think, uh, I think if they can introduce a little bit of the chaos, uh, from last game into this one, um, that'll, uh, that'll be in their favor. So if they can unsettle Riverhounds a little bit on the road, then, then hopefully, uh, hopefully that gives Birmingham the edge, but yeah, I think it'll be a tough one. I think it's like a two, one or something like that. Um, I'm going to clip this out for my own personal sake, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I said before that there that the there were matches that were proven matches for me with this Legion squad, and they proved it to me when they played Loyal when they got that one no win, and then they absolutely crapped the bet against Detroit City, and then they absolutely crapped the bet again against the Miami FC, and then they absolutely just had to buy a new mattress against Indy 11 bought a new mattress and it was great. And then they had to throw it out again because the dog had an accident. Um, Look, this is a team that they are really, really good on their day and their selected 60 minutes put together for a full 90 because this is a team that fans still have beef with. And this is a prove it match for me. Prove that you can win at home. Prove that you b- deserve a home playoff game. I am locking the Pittsburgh River Hounds. Prove it to me, boys. For the record, like <laughs> Legion is one point back at Pittsburgh. <laughs> like it is not. We d- we're like, oh, Pittsburgh's like got this great like whatever. Legion is like got to prove it. <laughs> Separated by one point. <laughs> This is like reverse psychology here. He just he wants them all to hear this and be like, look what our biggest fan said. And then when they score, they're going to celebrate in his face. Yeah, they're going to run right to his face. They'll run right to him. Could you imagine if they, if they run up right to me and they just do like this little number of runners? <laughs> that would be the best thing ever. Oh, man. You I, just got to take it like a man. I would have to. It's just, I mean, after the match against whenever I p- picked Loyal to win, in the same exact speech that I gave against Loyal, Kano came up to me and he was like, so what was the pick last week, huh? And I was like, Kano, please. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as the picks are dropped, I'm going to just ask the Legion that you need to be shushed. <laughs> I, I hope they do. I hope they prove me that wrong. The There's nothing moment. I want more than, than to be proven wrong. Yeah. 
moving on, we have Detroit City versus Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is looking to avoid back-to-back losses. Uh, just kind of looking back through their schedule, they had back-to-back losses against uh, Colorado Springs and Louisville. But it's interesting with the Rowdies this year that they really like they populate uh, any of their like dropped points around each other. I mean, we had those kind of the, uh, the aforementioned back-to-back losses. If you go back to April, they had a one-one draw with New York Red Bulls too, and Memphis. But they're going up against a Detroit City team who has, and I checked the uh, stats on this, they haven't scored at home in the exact runtime it takes to watch Avengers Endgame. <laughs> and It's so specific. It, it's on the dot. It is on the dot. I checked. In, you can include the credits there, too. And credits, too? Yes. And it, but it, it is Detroit City at home, and... It's a team gearing up for kind of a playoff (laughs) run as they try and take a step forward. But I think Tampa Bay gets a rebound here and they get a really, really tough win over Detroit. Tyler? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I don't think that they have any type of like blowout win. I think it's definitely going to be a battle, but I'm going to have to go Tampa Bay on this one as well. No, it's going to be a chip on their shoulder game for the Rowdies. I mean, coming off of what we talked about with Charleston, this is going to be like a Leo Fernandez Hattie or something. I've got Tampa going away. I got Tampa too. I hate Detroit as much as Captain America hates language. (laughs) (laughs) Good tie-in. Way to loop it back. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) I, uh... I went with a draw on this only because Detroit City is has been very tough to beat at home, um, and that's uh, I I think they just clog things up um, and and give Rowdies a tough one. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they get the point. I'm I'm not not expecting Detroit to to pull up any trees, but I think they get a point here. There's something about this one that screams that Detroit's going to do it two matches in a row. It, back at home, I mean, it's going to be a good environment. You, It always is. And this is the back line that can frustrate anybody in the USL. And if I think if Detroit City can get their goal, I don't see any way that Tampa Bay could really scram, uh, come from uh, two goals behind at least. So at the most, a draw if they can get Detroit can get that goal early. I'm picking Detroit. I, there's something about them right now that I'm just – I, I believe. Um, moving on, we have Rio Grande versus Colorado Springs. As good as a result that RGV has been on in the past uh, four games, three wins in the last four, I can't help but overlook that Colorado Springs has beaten RGV in the last four times they've met. You have to go all the way back to the middle of the 2019 season to find the last time RGV has beaten Colorado Springs. So I'm going to be taking the switchbacks in this one. Whenever I was looking at things, I was kind of like leaning that way, but I, I just I'm I'm feeling a draw. There's been a, a couple of draws they both have experienced relatively recently. They both have uh, come off some uh, pretty decent wins, not like blowouts or anything, but definitely um, worth noting. And I just I feel like it's going to end up being a battle that ends up in a draw. Switchbacks for me here. I think <laughs> that the tempo that they play at is pretty uniquely bad as a matchup for the Toros. So that's got a win for Colorado Springs written on it. Yeah. 
I had the same stats as John and uh, Ryan here, so uh, definitely pick Colorado. I'm uh, I'm going with RGV. Uh, two reasons: one, that pitch at Edinburgh is just gigantic, and it seems like teams just get swallowed up in it. Um, the second reason is that uh, Locomotive is not allowed to have nice things this year, and RGV is going to continue <laughs> to to climb the standings and put pressure on um, for a playoff spot. So, yeah, I, I'm uh, half trying to jinx RGV into winning, but I do think they have actually a good chance at home against Colorado Springs. I also put, uh, picked Rio Grande. They're in good form. I also, just traditionally speaking, no one wins there. Um, that's just, they just don't. Um, this just feels like another one of those situations that top team in the West goes down to Rio Grande and they lose because Rio Grande, like I mentioned earlier, decide to put 17 studs into people's kneecaps, somehow get away with a foul and a cheap yellow, and they walk out with it. That's just kind of what they do. Um, it just feels like a Rio Grande win for me. Um, next up, we have uh, some arrival, two rivals up north, really. San Antonio FC versus New Mexico United. San Antonio FC is 11 matches unbeaten at home this year. I will say in recent history, he, uh, considering especially last season, New Mexico owned the season series, but um, I think San Antonio is just too good right now. They're beginning, they've already begun a four match home stand as they have New Mexico, Colorado Springs, and Sacramento to kind of close out their run in a particularly difficult uh, kind of remaining schedule. But I'm taking San Antonio in a lock this week. Yeah, I just feel like New Mexico's been in a rut, and I really don't see them coming out of that rut against San Antonio. Uh, you know, top of the conference on uh, their side. And it's just, it's not going to happen. It's going to be San Antonio. New Mexico all season long has really failed to find an identity. They're struggling with injuries right now. Uh, I wrote about it a bit, but I think Chris Wien is really having a down season. All of that combines with the fact that San Antonio is pretty impossible to score on to make me think they're going to get the win here. Uh, I picked San Antonio, but I immediately regretted it after seeing Harry's comment earlier asking me how's third place right now. Um, so that's gonna <laughs> that that pick isn't gonna change for now, but it will soon. Um, San Antonio this time. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those matchups where you're like, when neither team wants the ball, like who's gonna have it? Um, and. Uh, <laughs> And San Antonio, uh, I think in, in typical fashion, they're going to complete like 86 passes um, and uh, win 3 0 um, from their three shots on target because that's just what they do this year. I don't know. It's just the most ruthlessly efficient team ever conceived. So, um, yeah, I think they get the job done against New Mexico. You know, I was going to mention this at one point, and it was with the Indy match. We saw that San Antonio and Indy had split that possession basically 50-50 when they played a couple weeks ago. And it looked like San Antonio didn't know what to do with the ball when they just had it. Whenever they just weren't bomb rushing, counterattacking, and scoring, and they actually had to do build-up plays, proper build-up plays, and working it out of the back, it was like, what do we do with the ball? If neither team wants it and they accidentally end up being 50-50, we might end up having one of the worst draws, like 0-0 games we've ever seen <laughs> in our entire lives. But also, I just don't see San Antonio doing that. Against a New Mexico team, that is 
Uh, Alan has joined the chat. Um, that was a little menacing. I'm picking <laughs> San Antonio for the lock, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're all picking San Antonio. San Antonio is going to lose. Um, yeah, it's going to be like six no. It's going to be it's going to be ugly. <laughs> Robert just blocked Alan on all social media. Um, Robert just he, tore my sticker off of his. Crossed <laughs> <laughs> um, out my signature. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a New Mexico team that is still sitting in fifth. We're, we're talking about how bad they are and how much of a paper tiger they are, but they're still sitting in fifth and could still find their way to a home playoff game, which maybe they don't want, just like, just like Tormenta. But no, I still think it's going to be San Antonio. Uh, moving on, we have two really interesting teams right now that I'm really excited to talk about. Monterey Bay versus Indy. Two teams I think a lot of people would not have circled as a possible much must-watch match coming up into the end of the season. What I find really fascinating about this uh, match is the fact that Monterey Bay is still within striking distance of a playoff spot. If they get a win here, depending on other results elsewhere, they could jump above Las Vegas and into the seventh spot in the Western Conference. If you're looking above and to the east, Indy 11 is four matches unbeaten, and they are still kind of hovering above that kind of last uh, kind of elimination line, so they still need to kind of pick up results and win. However, I will say uh, Indy 11's like recent trips to California really hasn't been all that great. The last time they were out there was a 5-0 loss to San Diego. And I believe you have to go all the way back to their NASL days in 2017 to find the last time they scored a goal in California against the then San Francisco Deltas. Deltas R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in peace. So with all of that, I think uh, – We'll be looking at a Monterey Bay win and talking about them possibly crashing the party in the playoffs. I feel like uh, ever since the result against San Antonio and then especially like Lou City, uh, I know that was kind of a big deal around here. Everybody's been just waiting for Indy to fall off. Um, and then they just keep getting results. Um, they had that win against San Antonio, Lou City, a draw against Detroit, uh, win against Birmingham. I think they keep it going. I think they win this one. Yeah, Monterey is on fire. Uh, Sam Gleadle has been really good. He was a defender for most of his spell in San Antonio, but he's coming up with the goals every week at this point. I think Indy is playing better than they are right now, but as we've mentioned, that travel is a big deal. I think uh, things cancel out into a draw. Uh, I have a question. John, the other day when you sent me the picture of those pupusas, did you eat them with your hands or with a fork? Well, I already know from you that the only acceptable answer is hands. Okay. Indy by 100, then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I picked Indy, the Mark Lowry hive. We back, baby. Like, <laughs> after, after being down just tremendously to start the season... Uh, no, I, I, I pick Indy to go get a result. Who knows? I really, I don't think if I, in my heart of hearts, I'm like, man, Mark, Mark going to California and getting a result. We'll see. But, uh, no, I'll say Indy ride this wave and maybe, maybe Solomon Asante does some madness again. God, he granted 
the two two of those assists were Legion assigned to uh, Mark Neville Hackshaw with a man who's five foot six, which generally doesn't work. Um, but Solomon Asante is still just dropping dimes because um, he's still good at soccer, and it's just not fair. Um, I took Indy here. Uh, Mark Lowry has Indy fully Mark Lowering. Um, and unless you are fully prepared for it, you, it's hard to grind out a result against that team. There's a lot of teams that play narrow, but there's Mark Lowry has to have one of the most signature systems that we've probably ever seen in the USL, besides maybe Robert Lilly. Um, maybe I mean, I you can tell a Mark Lowry team just from a mile away. Um, I'm taking Indy here. Um, next up, we have I lost it. Uh, San Diego Loyal versus Phoenix Rising. I mean, we've already discussed on the show that Phoenix has just been in disarray to bring in another uh, movie runtime. It's uh, Revenge of the Sith length and since they last scored a goal as well. <laughs> it's Star Wars' best movie. Don't at me. <laughs> San Diego gets the job done. Yeah. Coming off of like some tough results, like I know San Diego's like had some losses recently, but I think it's a no-brainer. They win. Yeah, this was my lock this week. Phoenix obviously still figuring things out. San Diego really gonna be wanting a result after a disappointing outcome for sure. That missed penalty in the second half against San Antonio. This feels pretty done and dusted. Uh yeah. I picked the loyal. I can't think of any funny puns um, other than I'm loyal to um, <laughs> the <laughs> loyal to the loyal winning. Loyal to Allen. I am very loyal. <laughs> there to you Alan. go. I was I was trying desperately to come up with something for I was thinking too, Revenge I of the Sith. It. Revenge of the Sith, and I don't know, but yeah, loyal are my they're my lock this this week too. They're what three straight losses? So I think. You know, what better bounce back game than Phoenix, which is an insane sentence to say. Um, but that's 2022 USL for you. What a crap show of a league we love and support, huh? Um, yeah, I'm taking loyal here. I have nothing to compare to Star Wars. Um, it Jesus Christ, Ryan. <laughs> Phoenix is Darth Maul. Phoenix is the Jar Jar Banks of this season. <laughs> George R. Vance is canonically taller than Manuel Neuer. <laughs> oh, I didn't see the George R. in the private chat. Sorry, I need yeah. to. I need to give it my bad. Oh I'm man, telling people's jokes. Next up, we have Sacramento versus Orange County, who we didn't talk about them and their win against Los Dos. Uh, electric atmosphere. Yeah, I said it, Andy. I said it for you, babe. Even though you're not watching this, because you have you have other things going on with trying to save your club. But oh, that was awesome. That was an incredible um, atmosphere. Do Orange County keep it going? I take uh, Sacramento to win this one. They really want to just kind of close off the race for just this top four spot. So I pick Republic to win. I'm going to have to agree, especially coming off of uh, kind of that heartbreak with the Open Cup. Uh, I feel like they're going to be motivated and they come away with the win. 
Orange County's whole offense is Milan Oloski and just kind of lumping it over to him and hoping something good happens. Sacramento is too organized to let that happen. So Republic. I picked the Republic to win also. I think they're going to bounce back and uh, prove that they want to win a trophy this season after that very close call in the Open Cup. Yep, Sacramento for all of the reasons described. But, yeah, I think they're just a better team than Orange County. There is a Republic and Star Wars joke in there somewhere, but I'm, I, I, I'm not clever enough for it. Um, I'm taking Sacramento as well. For the um, Republic. I am the Republic. Yeah, there we go. Or I am the Senate shit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the clone's battle cry, the Republic is for the Republic. <laughs> Next, next <laughs> up, we have Omaha and the Richmond Kickers. The big question always has been just how does Richmond play just on the road? And they have really kind of gotten a little bit better, barring the uh, Greenville Triumph uh, loss on August 13th. They've picked up some pretty decent results kind of in their most recent road games. So I'll take uh, Richmond to win this one over Omaha. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to say uh, going to go kickers on this one. That's actually my lock. I feel like their offense is just really explosive. They got a lot of weapons, and they're going to produce, especially with Omaha coming off of that rough defeat. Um, I feel like they're still going to be a little tired. And then plus just thinking about them having another match coming up almost immediately after, it's going to be tough for Omaha to produce. Yeah, see, I went with Omaha here. I think that it is the interesting question of how they balance the week, but – coming off of that Tucson game, especially they're going to be out for blood, really trying to prove themselves again. So I'm off. Uh, I picked Richmond this week because they're just as good as the best Star Wars movie, the last Jedi, according to Brian, (laughs) Brian, according to Brian from Omaha. So the kickers, (laughs) kickers are good. I, uh, I have, I, (laughs) I don't know how I follow that up, but I have Omaha. I have Omaha. Maybe I can misquote Star Wars again. Um, I, uh, I I have Omaha winning this one, and I think I think for the similar reasons. But I think too, you know, it's it's a you know form is temporary, class is permanent. You know, in that in that Omaha side, they're going to get it done at home. Is that a Count Dooku quote? That is Count. That is uh, yeah. Count Dooku. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um, a pick. I'm Tyler. You're going to learn very quickly. Locking League One is a horrible decision. Um, congratulations on starting off with negative yeah. three. Um, I'm all in on chaos. I have to. I just I have to. Um, away Richmond scares me. I'm taking Omaha. Um, next up we have. Tormenta at home versus Tucson, who is good now. Oh, and set pieces are awesome for them. So, yeah. You have to go back to June 18th to find the last time Tucson was uh, shut out in a uh, road victory. Although I will say Tormenta has done well to at least score in their last five. I'll take Tormenta Wait, to win. Hold this on. Week. Hold on. What? When's the last time anybody has been shut out and got a victory? Sorry, road game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> road, road game. All right. We know what you meant. 
anyway, <laughs> unless I was they like, for- hold on. Unless it was a forfeit and they got a 3-0 victory away. <laughs> if, if it happened at 2 in the morning, it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, who did you take? That one, that just jarred me for a second. Sorry, Miss Book, but Tormented a win. Home Tormented. Uh, I'm going to have to agree on Tormenta. I know uh, Tucson's riding high, uh, coming off a couple wins, especially that impressive one from the other night. But I think Tor- Tormenta's just determined um, going deep into this playoff run, and Sterling is just a machine. Um, I think they come away with the win. Yeah, I mean, come on, it's Tucson. They're not going to keep this up. Tormenta's winning this game. No, I picked I pick Tormenta as well. I, I think Tucson was one and done. They showed up against Omaha. Um I think uh is gonna leave their last game in the stadium with a win and move on to a nice brand new stadium. Yeah, I think Tucson doesn't have the benefit of uh the you know mountain time zone or Pacific time zone, whatever, of lightning strikes to help them out on this one. I couldn't find a Star Wars character named Ibis. Um, but I did find a Garmbel Iblis who was a galactic senator during the Clone Wars, so he's also the maybe there's something there. Maybe. Um, I League One's gonna League One home Tormenta scares me. Tucson is being weirdly good and it scares me. Uh, Tormenta doesn't handle set pieces well. Um, and Tucson has some of the best, one of the best corner routines in all of the USL, and I could wager maybe US soccer. Um, I'm taking Tucson here, and I'm not confident about it, but it just, it's just the way it feels. League one's going to League one, babe. Um, last up, some people could say one of the best rivalries in the USL and US soccer. We have Union Omaha versus the Greenville, not as much lately, triumph. This is a tough one for me. It's a triumph team who's been slightly out of form, just kind of no wins in the last three. But they it's something that they always want to play up for Omaha. And considering that uh, Omaha will, will have the game in hand for a brief amount of time this week before they kind of go level with uh, Richmond and Greenville, they'll want to try and um, just kind of lock up that kind of home playoff game. But Greenville was also like very close to it. Uh, I'm going to pick Omaha, but it's it's a really tough game to really decide. Yeah, I, I know this sounds like counterintuitive to, to me talking so much about Omaha having such a packed schedule. Um, and usually when you're finishing that off, you're a little tired. And at the risk of uh, Geo disowning me forever and ever and ever. I'm going to go Omaha on this one. I just, I don't know. It just feels like that's what's going to happen. And to be fair, every time I pick Greenville, they lose. So maybe reverse psychology, I'm helping you out. (laughs) I'm clipping this. Yeah, Gio's not going to be happy here, but I went with (laughs) Omaha as well. I just think they're in for a big week. I think that Greenville has lost a little bit of that defensive identity. And maybe this is the game where they correct that. I wouldn't be shocked, but something in me is just leaning towards Union Omaha. Uh, All jokes aside, I did want to pick a draw. I feel like we're just due for it. I mean, we we drew them last time. It was a stalemate. I think both teams are scared to lose points against each other, especially against each other um, with the rivalry and the beautiful belt that uh, I'm seen wearing every once in a while. But um, I I do think Greenville is going to – these are big games, and watching them tomorrow will be really interesting. 
I think we're going to make a comeback in this last few weeks with Richmond, Greenville, and Omaha is going to be really telling somebody's going to pull away. Uh, I locked Greenville yeah, for a win. Um, might not be the best decision, but I trust in my team, and I really hope we can beat Omaha, and I like corn. <laughs> it's got the juice. <laughs> I got a. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> just, just waited to see who had the courage to say it. Um, no, I, I got uh, you. <laughs> I, uh, I did go with a draw here. I think like that. That just. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> this is a serious soccer show for serious soccer people. You know, you're serious I, uh, about an analyst. <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah I went I went with a draw um because I'm I'm non-committal um and uh I thought you know this is one where it feels like they'll cancel each other out but um but yeah I also I mean I was in a rut where I was picking every league one game to draw and it actually did work out pretty well like it 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 went decent in the standings like so anyways I I don't know I just I was pulled to a draw here that's also around the same time that I kept picking forward Madison uh, for the for the matches of the week and picking a draw for forward Madison is generally a good idea. Um, I I am uh, I thought this one was going to be a draw, but I have my own personal rule that I do not pick draws. And because I picked Omaha over Richmond, I think they're coming in with a little bit more juice, and I think that they're going to. I hate myself. Um, I, how electric is this juice, though? It's, it's going to be electric. Um, <laughs> I went two months without saying that word because Andy made me really self-conscious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that's, that's bullying. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think that I hedge Omaha here just because they're at home, and I do think they get the win against uh, against Richmond, so I would hedge them, but in all reality, I think there's going to be a draw, but the spreadsheet is going to say Omaha win. But unless anybody else has some USL thoughts, um, Alan, <clears throat> from the back room or from the top rope, whichever one he picks, do you have anything? Maybe? No? Okay. So... I guess that's it from everybody. So a little, uh, a little close out. Obviously today was a little bit long, but also this is the hardest I've laughed in a while. So, uh, John, what you got for the folks? Uh, nothing too serious. I mean, keep consuming everything we're putting out here. Everyone on the panel does fantastic stuff on Twitter, whether it's banter or analysis or whatever. Uh, read back yield. That's all I got. Fair enough. What do you think of Rings of Power, by the way? Loving it. Good to know. Ryan? I guess a uh, congrats to uh, Ted Lasso for their few uh, Emmy Awards from uh, from last night and just waiting on that announcement for the next season. Tower? Uh, not much. I'm just uh, super happy to have been able to join you guys. And uh, I don't know, hopefully uh, I did all right, and I'm looking forward to being back. Wonderful, wonderful debut. You had the curse to say it has the juice, which hey, you know, I get on you. Yeah, it was it was electric. It was electric. <laughs> Memorable debut, Geo. 
Um, I'm just grateful my mom wasn't here to watch uh, while I was watching House of the Dragons this last episode. Because um, that would have been a little bit awkward. She's caught me watching Game of Thrones. And that was not fun. <laughs> uh, I have some explaining to do. But um, no, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited for these games. Uh, USL is the greatest league in the world. As always. Um. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I guess I was lamenting along with John uh, the the Barry snubs at the Emmys uh, yesterday. <laughs> Justice for Barry, um, but uh, I am also enjoying House of the Dragon Geo, so I'm right there with you. Yeah. And uh, watch it alone, though. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. And uh, and the last little last little plug, like uh, we we made these uh, kits for my other show, Seriously Loco. Um, so it's a cool little shout out to Icarus. Um, nice. If, uh, you know, we could do another run if people were interested, but we just did it for, uh, for um, like people who ordered uh, in the window and like our patrons and stuff. And uh, they came out amazing. Like Icarus is unbelievable. If you're starting a team or something like that, like absolutely the way to go. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly uh for alan's people, all over the ad copy and everything it's ready. unbelievable so for people who are just listening to the podcast alan's been just putting some stuff at the bottom uh which is definitely <laughs> worth especially these last 20 minutes if you want to just come back and watch the youtube just live stream please do it's just great stuff uh, Phil, the, the funny part is I would read that live for Orange and Black Soccer Cast every week. So it's like stuck in my head forever. <laughs> those cookie cutter kits from you didn't, Nike and Adidas. You didn't just record it and just play it. <laughs> no, like the guy like, <laughs> didn't record it. He was just like, uh, we forgot to record it again. Read it. And so I would like find it on my phone from the week before. <laughs> oh, man. Um, just wait, just no, wait uh, for the USA kits coming out in two days. Taylor, welcome in. Great to have you. Guys. I love you all. I think we've been long. I don't, you don't need to hear me talk. Fair enough. Um, my guest today, I had a bit of a weird moment of I was teaching my middle school band class and I was teaching the French horns one-on-one, -on -one, which is awesome because I love teaching horn. It's really what I want to do. It's awesome. Um, as I was playing one-on-one -on -one with them, the principal, of, the principal horn player of the Alabama Symphony walked in um, which is really uh, terrifying. Um, it's like being pretty good at something. And then someone who's really good at something just walks on in, like being a soccer coach. And you're a pretty good soccer coach. And then Pep Guardiola just walks in. You're just kind of done. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, you take over. Um, so that was awkward for me. She's incredible. Um, if Which... I heard her play uh, Chike 5, Tchaikovsky's 5th. Um, so here's my music recommendation of the week. The second movement of Tchaikovsky's 5th Symphony. It made me bawl my eyes out the first time I listened to it. So it's, uh, it's a good one. It's, it's a great one. But that's about it from me. Um, I, you know, a lot of stuff to consume. Seriously, Loco. Um, basically anything walking 90 crane kicks, uh, is out there, uh, orange and black, uh, two balls in a mic or two balls under wood, which is still the best segment name of all time. Uh, we have back, um, we have geo, uh, geo has, uh, just check out his Twitter and also Twitter stuff, uh, Twitch. 
uh, for him. Uh, Ryan is still coming out, I think, with a few YouTube uh, stuff for uh, Football Manager every now and then, so check that out as well. But, hey, thank you all so much for listening. It's a long one. hope you all enjoy. Um, even though you didn't hear it much, for one last time tonight, Q Allen's voice. Thank you for watching another episode of the USL Show. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find podcasts and other written work at bgn.fm. Once again, thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you guys again next week.